0: Our words matter, especially as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a creative, our words really matter. Words are often how we can fundamentally ensure the success or even failure of a business. How we use words to market our businesses or communicate our message often becomes an afterthought and can cause unintended harm when it comes to how our business comes across to our customers or potential customers. My guest today is using her gift of words to help businesses have the biggest impact. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Caitlin Center. Caitlin is a social media manager turned conversion copywriter and brand strategist who is obsessed with Pairing social impact and targeted messaging to create industry-changing content. She's made it her mission to teach all that she knows about cause marketing and sales messaging to help businesses create deeply rooted impact that drives results through connective content. I loved this conversation with Caitlin. I learned so much, and I just thought it was fascinating because I mean, I was a creative writing major in college, and so I naturally love words. Obviously, you know this very well, but I was just really fascinated about her perspective. Perspective about how we use words to market our business and so much more. But before I get to my conversation with Caitlin, I just wanted to thank a couple of our partners of the show. And the first is Lemonade Boutique, a women's clothing with a cause store featuring ethically made and fair trade items from over 10 countries. Every item is made by women facing extreme challenges such as trafficking, poverty, and more. Your purchase empowers women to take life's lemons and make lemonade. Shop at thelemonadeboutique.com. And listeners of the Business with Purpose podcast can save 15% by using code PURPOSE15 at checkout. I wanna thank another one of our sponsors of the show and that is Simple Switch. Actually, Rachel Kois, the founder of Simple Switch was on the show back in the spring, so you may remember her. And I wanted her to actually tell you a little bit about what makes Simple Switch so incredibly awesome. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for letting me hop in on this episode really quick. We're an online marketplace for positive impact purchasing. So. a similar model to amazon where you can shop online for things that you actually need so like toilet paper all the way up to nice gifts like jewelry or electronics but every single product has some sort of environmental or social impact so I'm really passionate about the the change that we can make just with our everyday shopping, as I know you are from all your amazing episodes on this show. And we'd love to offer a discount to your listeners because I know you guys are the exact right people for our marketplace. So if you go on simpleswitch.org and use the coupon code Purpose, you'll get 20% off your first order. And that can be a cart that includes all your day-to-day needs, gifts, things you need for next year, we can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much, Rachel. Okay, without further ado, on to my conversation with Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Molly. I am so excited to connect with you. You and I got connected uh, through a past guest, uh, yes. guest uh, Rachel Kois. and uh, so any friend of um, a friend is a friend of mine, or, or something. You know what I, you know what yes. I mean. Um, but I am just, I'm really excited because I've never, um, you know. As somebody who uh, loves all the words, I love words. I am a, a, I have a word problem in that I use too many words. Yeah. Uh, I'm a yeah. creative writing major in college. Okay. That's what we're supposed to do is use all the words, but uh, I've always been really fascinated by the work that kind of copywriters and brand strategists do, especially kind of around like how your words have so much power. Yeah. in your marketing and, and so many things. Um, so I've been kind of fascinated about that as a, as a business and an industry in general, um, and how you can kind of take your, your talent and your gifting of writing and, and words and use it to elevate certain businesses. And, mm-hmm. um, I love that a big part of what you do is really focusing, um, on sort of the, you know, social driven and caused based businesses. And, um, yes. cause it's such a unique, Story and messaging that you're going to be getting across. So, um, I'm really excited to kind of dive into this. So, Caitlin, I would love if you give us the Caitlin 101. So, tell us who you yeah. are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Okay, so I am
1: Caitlin Center. I am a conversion copywriter and brand strategist. And it was kind of a long journey to get here. I did not start on any sort of traditional path. Um, I actually started as a VA. And then as a virtual assistant, it kind of morphed into people were asking me more and more and more for social media help. And so as I kind of dove into that and became a social media manager, I was learning that people weren't, they were telling me they were struggling with the algorithm or with this or with that. But when I was looking at what was happening, I was seeing that what that wasn't the problem and what was the issue was their messaging. Yeah, and so I became really obsessed with learning even what copywriting was because I had no idea what copywriting was. I'd never really heard of it before, um, and so I got really obsessed with that, and I dove into all the education things and learning all the different stuff, and became a copywriter. And I think that this cost marketing niche is really, really unique because one, it's on the rise. I think more and more and more consumers are worried about what their dollars are voting for. And this yeah. is super important, and it's something I've been passionate about since I was a kid. And we can get into that later. But I, and so I think there's like this fine line that you have to walk between um, keeping your lights on and making sales, but also educating in a way that doesn't alienate those on the fringes of a cause who are just learning, and they don't want to feel um, like they're bad for past decisions they've made, or for not knowing about sustainable fashion, or um, you know, ethical ways of farming, and all of these different things but also that still makes you sales without seeming disingenuous. And so, yeah, I just help people really hone in on that sweet spot and help their messaging go that much farther.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you are absolutely right. Is that there, I mean, cause-based brands, social entrepreneurship is on the rise and more and more people are realizing how much power they have as consumers and how they want to spend their money with brands that are doing things the right way. And it's really interesting how there are so many brands who I'll come across who have beautiful products. They are, you know, at the right price point. They should be you know, for all intents and purposes, like these brands should be killing it. And you wonder sometimes why. And a lot of times it's something just as simple as their, their messaging is just not clear or they yeah. aren't doing um, a great job at really focusing on, you know, marketing to an ideal customer or, you know, creating, uh, you know, raving fans through their marketing and all of that. So I'd be really curious, like what are some of the things You know, how, you know, so often I hear ethical business owners, you know, talk about that they want to, you know, like lead with the mission. They want to lead with the story and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. And I'm like, you... You can do that to a certain point, but at the end of the day, like you're still a business and you have to run like a business and think like a business and and ethical brands sometimes forget that because they get yeah. really focused on the mission. So what are some of the strategies that you have kind of employed with your clients and, and brands that you've worked with in the ethical space to kind of lead with that mission while not like compromising conversions, not compromising sales and and really hurting their businesses in the long run.
1: So because for clients that I work with, because they are so clear on what their mission is, a lot of times we start by only focusing on business strategy because a lot of times that is just a lot less clear for them. Um, And so what we would do is just kind of go the traditional route and we would really figure out what traffic looks like and what all these sales are and get in on the on why people want to shop with them outside of the mission. Like what is the other problem that you're solving for people? Because yes. yes, the mission is important, but we also need to focus on people are only going to buy from you if you're solving a problem in their daily life. Because we do want to do good things with our money, but we all are on, still on budget. And we're, we're not here to just give it away most of the time, if only we could be, but we're not. Um, and so that's what we really have to focus on is where – You meet the need of the customer and that mission where they connect that intersection between mission and meeting the needs of the customer. And that's what we do with.
0: Yes. Yes. That reminds me so much of, um, I don't know if you follow, um, any of the work that Donald Miller does with building a story brand. Um, that's exactly like, that's exactly a lot of what he talks about. And, um, if I tell people, I recommend this book to people all the time. but it's called Building a Story Brand uh, by Donald Miller. And he even has a podcast called The Story Brand Podcast. And he is just, he's in so many ways, like he's taken a concept that is so kind of basic and simplistic and really put it in a way that is digestible and um, mm-hmm. helps people understand. But basically what he's done is he's, is he's taken sort of the seven part framework of story of like, you have a hero, you have the villain, you have the, you know, what is the the, the problem the hero is facing? And he applies that to like business marketing. So basically exactly what to your point is, is like, okay, if the hero of your story, your marketing messaging, your, your ma- marketing story is your customer, just like you were saying, what is the problem that your hero is facing, your customer's facing? Right. And how can you be the guide Um, how can you be the one that comes in and says to the hero, like, Hey, here's what is going to solve that specific problem. Yeah. And that's such a, that's a missing component for so many brands and businesses.
1: And like you were kind of saying earlier, um, about brands who look on paper, like they should be killing it. Like things are beautiful and all that other stuff. That's a lot of problems that people run into is that they think if they have something beautiful, it will sell itself. And that is not true. Um, The beauty, your photography, your product, whatever that is, it primes people. But your words are really the thing that are selling people. No one is just going to go look at a website full of pictures and be like, yep, I'm in. They really need at least something that's going to push them over the edge. And that's usually words.
0: Now, what's the other thing? Because there's a lot of ethical brands, especially, especially during a time like COVID-19, um, mm-hmm. especially during a time like this, it's, I feel like it's just amplified, but so often I see ethical brands struggle with the, um, the need to sell mm-hmm. and, and especially when that particular brand kind of finds themselves in the middle of this tension where we're talking about sort of slow fashion, conscious consumerism, um, not, you know, not overconsumption, all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, like if people aren't buying things, then they're going out of business. And <laughs> so, right. um, what is sort of the, the, the thing that you see Brands do where they are they're focusing on what they need to focus on without selling out
1: okay so one brand who I feel like did really well with this and you know they had there's different ways to do this and I mean I feel like they had um, a little bit more collateral to work with but it was um, known supply I don't know if you've heard of known supply but I loved the way that they handled it and they were um, I believe they were running a contest where they were making custom t-shirts for brands to sell and make a profit during this time when maybe they were out of this, maybe it was a restaurant, maybe it was this, but they were having people nominate local businesses and all of these different things. And they make you know, ethical t-shirts and ethical clothing. And I really loved the way they handled the whole situation. It was really awesome.
0: Yes. I love known supply. I, have, yeah. um, I discovered them a couple years ago and their, their stuff is amazing, but they do also just a fantastic job of creating a great product that solves a problem or solves a need, fills a need for customers, um, while also just really nailing the messaging comp- component. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you realize that you had this gift of kind of turning words into an experience for people. Where did that come along?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you will allow me to be maybe a little bit crass for a minute, it was as a social media manager. Sometimes when people would come to me and tell me that they were having a hard time, it was just because I would look at their words and be like, yeah, because this stop, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just like, it's so boring to read. Or I feel I feel the desperation or the selfishness in this, or I can tell that you didn't know what to say and like you felt obligated. Mm. And I started really thinking about what it is that I want, which is not a great premise to start a business on always, but I just started thinking about what I liked to read and um, when it was done really well. And I started, you know, to really think about what it, what feelings does it bring up? what. Thought trains does it take me down? Like, if I look at Known Supply, well, I'm getting this t shirt, but I'm also thinking about who it's helping and what the world is going to look like if everyone could shop this way and how these different things, you know, how I can feel so good. Instead of having guilt about the t shirt that I bought, even though I needed it, I can feel so good because it went in this certain direction and all these different things. And I started to realize that words are really about painting the experience. And not just about giving information. They take you on a journey.
0: Yes, you are so right. So, so right. I mean, it's just—it's really no different than any other form of writing. It's just, in, right. uh, you know, it's the same thing like if you're reading a book and the book is boring you. Like, <laughs> I actually, because um, I am a, an avid reader. I love to read. Yeah. And um, I was finishing a book last week. And it takes a lot for me like in my life, there's maybe like two books I can think of that I didn't finish. Like I'm just, I'm somebody who like, if I start a book, I'm going to commit to the end. And I was telling my husband like this, this one book in particular that I was reading last week, and I won't say what it is, but I really didn't like it. And I was, I was like almost kind of mad at the author because (laughs) the marketing around the book completely, in my opinion, and I, I went, and read a lot of reviews. And that seemed to be kind of the, the general consensus from a lot of people, was that the marketing around the book, especially like the blurb on the jacket and the just the promo of the book in general, mm-hmm. really was very misleading. It was really, mm-hmm. the book in the end was not at all what the marketing promised. And yeah. in a lot of ways, like as I was having this conversation with my husband, I was like, I feel like this is a, almost like just a lesson in business in general, in creating content that is going to not mislead your customers. Like you can't tell them one thing and then produce a product that's completely different. And I just remember like feeling almost resentful towards this author. Yeah. That I didn't know because by the end of this book, I was like mad and frustrated and depressed. And it just was like... <laughs> I was like, this is not what I wanted to read. Like, this is, why did I waste my time reading this book? I mean, again, I'm going to commit. I'm not, I'm going to finish the book, but anyway, it's just, it, 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 you're right. It's, it's a thing where it's so important to create words that, that engage, but then also aren't misleading.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I run in that, I think that's also a huge problem sometimes for course creators is you can be really good at marketing it, but once you get into the course, I mean, it's a lot it's a lot to try and create. And so sometimes you can feel a little bit like you were misled, which mm-hmm. is um, another thing is um, I try really hard to teach everyone. So it's not just like clothing brands or jewelry or stuff like that. Like I believe that every business can be a cause-based business. and So I do work with coaches and course creators and stuff like that to building cause into their marketing, but also just have a better product that creates more connection between their followers. And so there's a lot less turnover, a lot more brand loyalty, and you can just feel better about the way that you're.
0: Yes, yes. And brand loyalty is also a really big, big component Mm -hmm. as well. And finding, Mm -hmm. um, finding kind of that core base of customers that is just going to they're going to go to bat for you, they're going to be the your biggest referrals, you're they're going to be the ones that are your brand ambassadors, your brand evangelists, like they are the ones that, um, they're going to stick up for you. Like, I mean, that's, that is so important, but you have to invite them in to a conversation and make them feel like a part of a community and not just like dollar signs. Yep.
1: Connection is one of the biggest component of successful marketing it's, they have to feel connected you are just hopping in with like hey buy this or whatever it is They're, they don't want that you have to make sure you're connecting with your audience that's the best way to scale and grow
0: friend i'm going to take a quick break from my conversation with caitlin to thank some more partners of the show which really do help to make the show possible now did you know that i have an ethical brand directory on my blog that is actually what Chelsea used to start finding products for her boutique almost four years ago. Now, Amazuma carries over 50 intentionally sourced brands and is the perfect one-stop shop for all your gift-giving needs. And as a thank you to the Still Being Molly and Business With Purpose podcast community, she's offering 20% off with the code Molly. Head to shopwithmolly.com for all the details. Also, are you one of my loyal listeners of the show or are you brand new? Either way, have you ever wanted to sport some business with Purpose swag? Well, guess what? You can now get my exclusive Do Something Good With Purpose on Purpose tee through GoX. The design is incredible, it's beautiful, but here is the thing. GoX really truly believes in the power of a purchase. They seek to do better in Everything they do, better pay for employees, better fabrics made here in the US, better quality in their finishes, and better for the planet with recycled materials. They don't believe that they have to sacrifice anything in order to care for the hands making their fair trade apparel. Ultimately, their purpose at GoX is to connect you, the consumer, with their makers in Haiti and Kansas City. It's your purchases that sustain fair wage jobs to liberate workers from poverty and empower them in their families and communities. The end product is a t shirt. That feels good and does good you can shop sustainable eco-friendly tees and sweatshirts with purpose today at goexapparel.com and to shop your exclusive business with purpose podcast sustainable eco-friendly tea you can go to goexapparel.com slash molly stillman that's goexapparel.com slash molly stillman now back to my conversation with caitlin Now, something I know about you is that, uh, at one point in not all that, uh, you know, not for all that long ago, uh, you kind of took an unintentional six month break from social media Mm -hmm. and, um, for six months. And as somebody who has a business that is run online, that's pretty revolutionary. So what did that social, uh, that six month break do for you?
1: Well, it refreshed me a lot. Uh, It also made my tolerance a lot lower for marketing that was connective and it helped me get a lot more clear on the kinds of messaging that people wanted to see that wasn't going to make them feel tired. But from a non-business standpoint, it just, I got a lot of time back and I just felt really refreshed and I I could write a lot easier. I could think a lot more clearly. Um, just because I didn't have so much outside thoughts and opinions and noises and, and shoulds coming in, I was able to really focus more on what I thought and what my ideas were and all of those different things. And it helped me get a lot more clarity.
0: Yeah. As somebody who, you know, again, runs a business online, (laughs) you know, especially for me, like I, at the beginning of the year, well, last year, actually I started, um, taking Sabbaths from Mm -hmm. social media on Sundays. And so I would just take off of Sunday and have no, I would you know, not go on social media on Sundays. And I remember when I first started doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss everything. This is going to be the worst thing ever. Like my business is going to be ruined. Like I'm that thinking I'm that important (laughs) that I'm like going to miss one day of social media a week and feel like I'm going to have FOMO. And I realized very quickly, like the Lord, the Lord was talking with me being like, Molly, you're not that, you're not that important. Like, <laughs> you know, so I was, I was doing some self-work.
1: And I always feel like when there's anxiety surrounding it, mm-hmm. that is a huge sign that I need it. Like yeah. if I'm that upset about not being there, that must mean that I'm there way too much and I need to take a break from it. Yeah. But I, I will admit that just the habitual, uh, like picking up your phone and stuff like that. Um, and I was still doing that. and so I ended up like checking my email a lot more often. and all of that just because I needed to pick up my phone and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't super awesome, but I learned.
0: It's a, it's, we're all growing. We're all growing. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then, but then this year, uh, in January, I started where I now take off all weekend. So from like Friday evening ish to Monday morning, sometimes like it's like by Monday, midday, Monday afternoon, Mm -hmm. I completely delete social media from my phone. And my only exception has been on Sundays, with like logging into Facebook to share like our church's service, you know, with Mm -hmm. churches being, um, you know, when, when churches were, were remote. And, um, so I, that's like my only like one little (laughs) like exception. Um, but for that, that has just been, it's been revolutionary for me. It's just taking that time off of social media. And then I realized like how much, yeah, like there was a time where I, how much I was relying on it and how much I was, um, just not paying attention to, to cues and how like it was, it was affecting my anxiety and stress and yes. things like that. And and I, um, obviously I, I love social media. You can, I re- believe that social media can be redeemed for good in so many ways. Um, but just really getting to a point of like, okay, well, what, what, how do I, you know, like, how do I be mindful and thoughtful about how I use social media and, and how do I, use it with more intentionality and purpose. And I'm not just like passively scrolling. And am I, my creating real meaningful connection online? Okay. So it's, yeah, that's, that's a really, that's a really, really um, great point. Okay. So if you have, if somebody's listening and they are like, maybe copywriting is just something that they really struggle with. Like when they think about writing the, the words on their website or writing mm-hmm. words in an Instagram caption, like just feels super overwhelming to them. Like what is usually your first piece of advice to people like that? Cause I hear that's just, that's a pain point for a lot of people. So what is sort of your first, uh, you know, piece of advice that you have for people that are in that situation?
1: Well, always, always be mindful of who you're writing to. And why what you're saying matters to them. And Mm. that's going to take practice. Like this is not going to be like, oh, that's what she said. This is going to be so easy for me now. Nope. (laughs) It's going to take you still a lot of thought and a lot of time. But if you don't know who you're writing to and why what you're saying matters to them, then that's where you're going to get into stress. Or you're going to be like, oh, well, I see, you know, Molly over here posting this. I'll just kind of take that caption and put my own things into the places where she talks about, you know, her podcast. And if it worked for her, it will work for me. But that's not true. Um, And that's where you start just contributing to the noise of the internet instead of actually sending out messaging that matters to people. So you just have to be really clear on what is important to them and why what you are saying is important
0: to them. Yes, yes, yes. I will just like... I will clap that. for the rest of my <laughs> I will just go ahead and echo that as much as possible is just, um, uh, one of the things I talk a lot about in some of the classes that I teach is, um, again, it's a very kind of basic marketing concept that a lot of people forget. And that's like mm-hmm. sort of naming your customer. So like who, like, who is this person? Like, do they have a name? Like, What? How old are they? What do they like to do? What's their favorite restaurant? Like go get a deep dive into who this person is. And um, I love to use the example of uh, my friend M. Sexton, who is the founder of the Flourish Market, like her ideal customer that she writes to. So like everything that she puts out there, like she's writing for this person. Um, is a woman named Kelly Kelly. Like that's her name. First name Kelly, last name Kelly. And like Kelly Kelly, in this case, it actually just happens to be a real person. Like Kelly Kelly is her actual name. But uh, you know, you could, it could be a, uh, you know, kind of just somebody with a fake name. You can give them whatever name you want, but just like in a lot of ways, like when you're, when she's buying product, she thinks about, okay, does Kelly Kelly like this? Would Kelly Kelly wear this? Would Kelly Kelly have this in her home? when she's writing her email newsletters, she's like, does Kelly Kelly care about this? Um, When she's writing an Instagram caption, she's thinking, okay, does Kelly Kelly uh, want to know more about this? Like, is she going to just keep scrolling or is this going to make Kelly Kelly stop? And so um, I just, I think that's such an important piece of marketing your business that so many brands forget about.
1: Uh, One of the systems that I like to use, and it's going to take a lot longer to explain this than we have time on this podcast. So um, guys might want to Google this, but I like to use the jobs to be done framework. Um, And the best book that I found on it is actually free. You can download it online and it is called when kale competes with coffee. And really what jobs to be done is it just helps you kind of focus on like, what task does this get done? Sure. But then you need to go a little bit deeper and be like, how does this service or this product connect with a better version of the customer? What are Hmm. they imagining what their life is going to be like after they have this? How do they feel about the solution? How does it make them feel perceived by others? And all these different things It really it's more about or less about exactly the task that what you provide gets done and more about the emotional feelings and the the true job. Like if you need a t-shirt, you don't just need a t-shirt to get clothes. Like I want to feel, I want to look good. Maybe I want to go on a nice date, maybe this and that. And you have to go even deeper and find the true job that your customer is looking to get accomplished here. And that is when you're going to have the most clarity in your writing and in your messaging.
0: Oh, that's good. That's so, so good. I love that. Well, Caitlin, I could obviously talk to you about this stuff all the live long day, (laughs) um, but I will make sure to have all of, uh, your, um, all your information and in the show notes, all that sort of stuff. Um, but now is the part of the show where we just get to ask some fun, get to know you questions. So Caitlin, uh, question number one is what is your guilty pleasure?
1: I don't know that I have a guilty pleasure, but I am, ha- I'm very addicted to entertainment. And so <laughs> I am a huge podcast junkie to the point where sometimes it, when I am really in the thick of it, my husband will be like, I haven't seen you without a headphone in your ear in like a couple of days. Could you stop? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> and so that is like my one biggest thing that I overindulge in
0: the most would be podcasts. I love that. I'll, do you yeah. have any <laughs> uh, favorite podcasts you've been listening to lately?
1: Yeah, so I don't know if this is for everyone, but I'm really big in a true crime podcast. So I really, really, really love one called Crime Junkie. And they're awesome. I actually support them on Patreon even because I couldn't get enough content and I needed more. Um, and that is a current longtime favorite. I also like food podcasts. Filled Milk is a favorite of mine.
0: Oh, um, I'll have to check that one a, out.
1: It's a food comedy podcast, which is like, I really love that. It's great when I just need something lighthearted and
0: yeah, I'll put That's great. Awesome. Well, I will definitely, um, I've heard of crime, crime junkie, but I haven't listened to any of them. So I will definitely check it out. Um, are you a reader? Are you reading any books right now? Or do you not have time since you're listening to podcasts?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, when I found podcasts, it is like a, like, do I want to read or do I want (laughs) to, do I want to listen to podcasts? And right now, I do listen to more podcasts because you can like do laundry and all that other stuff while you're doing it. And right. So right now I'm currently just reading something for work. It's called the writer's diet and it's actually a really, um, light book. It's only 78 pages, but it gives you a lot to think about. So I'm only about halfway through about three days in. And that's what I'm reading right now.
0: Nice. Nice. What was your favorite show to watch when you were growing up?
1: Ooh. Oh man. My favorite show to watch. So I was a Disney channel kid and I remember I guess the first one that pops into my head is Lizzie McGuire. I oh love Lizzie McGuire when I was a kid.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, love it. <laughs>
1: yep. I think that's
0: um, my answer. What you don't have to tell me how old you are, but what uh, what like general time frame were you born? What years? Okay. Yeah, I was born in 92. I'm 28. 92. Okay. All right. So I was like, because I feel like, because I was like the Disney Channel generation right before um, Lizzie McGuire. So I was like, I loved um, the Alice in Wonderland that was on Mm -hmm. Disney Channel. Like this was like early nineties and Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse Club. Club. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, not Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Cause that's what my kids watch now. Uh, right. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, yeah. All of that. Oh man. It's so, so good.
1: Fascinating. So my husband is only like four years older than me, but we have completely different shows. Like there are shows that I used to love and he's like, I've never heard of that and yep. vice versa. So yeah, it's really interesting how it changes so quickly. <laughs>
0: yes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Caitlin. And then this is my last question. And that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose?
1: Yeah. Um, To me, it just means that I think about things in a different way. It means that when I'm looking at my business strategy, it's not just about how can this benefit me or my family, but I'm also thinking about how is this making the world better? How is this leaving a legacy? Um, And that's really, really important to me is just how how will this action leave the world? And that might sound silly when it comes to writing, but you can really use anything that you do to make to leave a better legacy. You just have to put a little bit more thought into
0: it. I love that. That is fantastic. Caitlin, this has uh, just been such a joy to have you on the show today. And I'm um, so grateful for the work that you're doing and for uh, the businesses and lives that you're impacting through your words and through your writing. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, friend. I would love to know what you loved about this episode, or maybe something that you learned. If you do, you can let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, and don't forget to use the hashtag #BusinessWithPurposePodcast. Another huge thank you to our partners of the show, Amazuma, Simple Switch, GoX Apparel, and the Lemonade Boutique. Be sure to support these incredible, incredible small ethical businesses. They are just an amazing part of being partners of the show and really do help to make this show possible. And thank you to you. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for so many incredible interviews with amazing entrepreneurs who are changing the world. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and click that subscribe or follow button to help make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with Purpose on Purpose.